Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place, oh God. Oh God, hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. I'm going to be in John, St. John, chapter 10. I make, make references to Genesis 3 and 20. I'm going to be making references to a lot of scriptures today. John 16 and 33. Romans 12, 21. 1 John 5 and 4 and 5. 1 John 2. And 15, if the Lord will allow. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, I stand at the door. And God gave me this back in September, but he didn't allow me to preach it. But he's giving it to me today. I stand at the door. What is hindering you from getting to the door? And what is happening in this hour with the Christian community of the people that's calling on the name of the Lord? They're getting to the door or they at the door, but they cannot access it and go through the door. What is through the door? The promises that God has already ordained for you. But the thing about it is we're allowing a lot of things in the world to hinder us from getting to the door and accessing and walking through the door. And a lot of times, we want to blame this one and that one. But the biggest person that is the hindrance in your life is yourself. But we don't want to see that. And we come to church every Sunday. But yet, there's no manifestation of change within. Because when you leave out the door, you're going back to your old normal patterns instead of walking it out. Because you're looking for your environment to change. Why would God send you the power? Why would God send you the armor, the blessings? Because he knew that things around you were not going to change. He knew these things that was going to come against you in your walk. But a lot of times we don't understand what is happening in our lives. The thing that is happening in your life, you're waiting for people around you to change. The people around you are not going to change. You're going to have to go into a place in God that you do what you need to do. And you need to understand something. God has just given me this Ephesians 6. It says, Follow my brother. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You need to understand something. Your situation is not going to change until you put God in it and you step inside of God in your situation. Then they activate the power of the Holy Ghost. But you don't have, you don't understand this because if you don't have faith, absolutely 100% faith, you're not going to be able to speak to the mountain. And it would not be removed and it would not obey you. People are up and down. I'm in this house today. 
You're rebellious, you're stubborn, you're hard-headed, and you think that you're going to do it your way. But there's a higher power that's over you. And his name is Jesus Christ. Yahshua, Yahmaseah. Yahweh. Adonai. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's the one that's in control now. Because we're getting closer to the end times. And we don't understand what is happening, what is going on. Your life, because you did not clean up, because you did not come in and clean and sanctify this temple, when now that it's the move into another atmosphere, another dimension in Christ, the things that you were always like playing with, now it's gotten a stronger, stronger hold on you because when God told you to clean out your own house, sanctify the temple, you didn't do what you played with it. But now it's here and you can't deal with it because it's overtaking you. Before God sends in another move or another dispensation, he prepares the people. And how he prepares the people through the word, through the prophets. God speaks three ways. He speaks to you. When you don't obey, he sent a prophet. And he speaks to the, through you through the word. You show me anything different in the Bible. And it's right there. Because he said deliverance is child's bread. But nobody's getting it. There's no adults in heaven. They're all children. And we don't understand why these things are overtaking us. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of, what says, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is what you're dealing with. Because when you walk out this door, you're looking for a change within the people that you feel that's causing you a problem. But you're not looking at yourself and you're missing the next move of God. The next manifestation. Verse 13, therefore, take up. See, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about lazy Christians. A lazy person wants everything given to them. They want somebody to do all everything for them, but yet they don't have no strength to do anything to, anything for the kingdom of God. But when it comes down to themselves, you got all the strength and the power to do what you want and even everything else. And God now eyes are even closer amongst the saints now like never before. And the thing about it is you can come to the church, but if the Holy Spirit or God don't take over and you do not submit your will, you're going to still be going around this wilderness. And then the thing about it is you're going to be into a place now, like I told you in Deuteronomy 28 chapter, the confusion of the mind. And this is where the battleground is. Joyce Myers wasn't lying. She was just ahead of the game. It was back then, but now it's even worse now because you find out so many saints now are delusional. 
They're under a strong delusion. They're under all kind of psychotic attacks in their mind. And they want to know what is going on. And they're calling on Jesus. And Jesus said, when I done told you to come out, you got to understand something. Don't miss your time of visitation. Your visitation is your time of deliverance, a time of a blessing, anything else that God has for you. You got to understand something. But a lot of times we want to turn our back when God is speaking. And I see so many times that people are doing what they want to do, not even seeking God. Or if they're doing what they want to do, and they say that God told them, and then when it doesn't work, out, then you looking like you crazy because you did not obey God. But if I would have told you you were wrong, you would have got mad. So I came in here and prayed. And now God is dealing with the pulpit to the back door. Because not everybody's going through something. Because God is trying to shape us up and get us into a place that we can make it through this last evil hour that is upon and is coming upon the earth like we've never seen before. Things are happening. But because you're so religious or because you're so stuck in your way and doing what you want and chasing after the world and the things of the world. But God said, don't even love it. Don't even have nothing to do with it. He says, seek me, the kingdom of God, first. Stand therefore, having girded your, it says, waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shone your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You need to see this. And I looked up the word hindrance. And it says create difficulties for someone or something resulting in delay. So what is standing at the door? And the other question is, what is hindering you? Or what is the things that's got you bound or causing you to delay your appointment in Jesus Christ? so many doors open in your life that you cannot see the right door. You got to understand something now because we failed to clean up our house, our inner man. Our inner man is full of so many different things. And now God is the true and the right, correct door. But because you've got so many distractions in your life, you don't even see what is right and wrong. Have you ever been into a place that you're so discombobulated, you're so confused, you're like, wait a minute, I don't know what to do. And this is the state of the church and the individual of man that's calling on the name of the Lord. The enemy is going to bring obstacles. He's going to bring delays. He's going to bring all kind of distractions and things that's going to keep you off course. But you got to understand something. God is the one that lights the pathway. And that's why you got to get stronger in prayer, strong and fast, and strong in meditation, and doing what the word of God is saying. The things that you used to play with in the word of God, you cannot play with. You better cut some things loose. You better get to a place that you stay Focus in what God is calling you to do. I stand at the door. John 10. 
you expecting it to get better because that's what you've been taught and trained. But as we get closer to the end times, God has been speaking to the church age for years. This is the, what, sixth dispensation? This is the church age. We're the spiritual Jews. And the kingdom of God is not without, is, is, is without observations. You're trying to see it. But it's in you. But you keep looking for this manifestation. God is manifesting himself. But you're going out there like the old Jews, looking for somebody to deliver you or to put your government in check. The kingdom of God is without observations. You can't see it, but it is. It's existing. It's moving. It's moving all the obstacles, the delays, the hindrances, anything that's trying to block you from getting to the next place in God that you can access everything that God has for you. But if your faith is not in a place, you're going to be just like Nicodemus in the nighttime asking Jesus something. The Bible says work while it's day because when night comes, no man can work. But if you don't come out of your dark situation, you're going to stay in that place. How's the darkness? The darkness is the darkness of your mind, the demonic forces that's coming and attacking you. And you don't understand how you're still self-condemning yourself over and over again. Instead of pulling up on your, pulling up the gospel of Jesus Christ, pulling on the whole arm of God, applying yourself to the things of God that you can break free because God is not coming here to deliver you. God has placed everything at work. He says we operate in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Pull up! sharpen it. The pastor ain't doing it. You have to do it. And you got to change your behavior. And that's something about it. If you have not picked up something that's a heavy weight, you keep dealing with it. Keep picking it up. And every day it's going to get stronger and stronger. Everybody's sword is not at the same level. Some people carry big swords, some people carry little bitty swords, and that little bitty sword is like a thousand pounds to them. But then you got somebody that's carrying a big sword, and guess what? That big sword is a thousand pounds, but it feels just like 50 because the, that God is in the movement of it. God is moving that sword around, and you, he's your helper. He's your defender. And so he said, when you rise up, I rise up with you. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climb up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. We're talking about John 10 and 1. But we're trying to do it all kind of ways. God done told you, if you don't, he said, I'm the door. But you're trying to get to Jesus the way that you want, and it's not going to work. But he who enters by the door, it says, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the, he says, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. That means God know you. If I know you, I know what you in. 
He's not going to call you Mary and your name is Jane like pastor do. When I was growing up, guess what? My grandmama had so many kids, she would call me Adrian. And I said, Grandma, my dear, my name is Lynn. He said, oh, baby, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Verse 3, and leads them out. I have to go here. Go with me to Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What did it say? I will not fear, for you are with me. Even in this state that you are, you're not alone. I will fear no evil, even though I've done evil. Because evil does not come when you're doing right. Evil comes when you're doing wrong. And we're talking about in this situation, because I know you could do right and evil come because he did it with Job. But I'm trying to tell you a lot of things that we're walking in because we put our hands to do evil. And now Satan's got us by the wrist and the hand, and now we're in a tug of war. But God said, shed my blood for this cause that I knew men was going to fall continuously until I come again. That's why you go into a place that you repent and acknowledge your sins. And repent means to turn from it. I was listening to somebody say, stop telling God to forgive you. God said, he said, God shed his blood for the forgiveness and the remission of sins. He said, all you do is confess them and acknowledge them. I told you when we do wrong, we crucify Christ all over again. God wants to help you out. Because you're standing where God wants you to be. But because you don't want to hearken and submit your will. And that's the thing how the enemy is going to get a lot of people. He's going to stumble them up because they will is over the spirit of Christ. So when you really look at the stuff that you were in, that you're going to see that you are really the cause of it. But he said because you put your hands to do evil. What is evil? Not doing what I told you to do. When God tells you to do right and you do left, you're doing what? You've been in a rebellious state, stiff-necked, hard-headed. That's what he told the children of Israel. And that's what he's telling us now. We're stiff-necked, we're rebellious, we're hard-headed. We want to do the things we want. And if God does not do what we want him to do, then we make up a way on top of God's way and put his name on it, and he has not sanctioned anything. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even in my chastisement, 
it is comforting me because it's teaching me a lesson. And that's the thing about it. You always want God to deliver you. God deliver you. God, I don't want to face this all. Some things in life you're going to have to go through. And you're going to have to take God with you. And God, even in his chastising state, he's building up your faith. And he's teaching you. Stop trying to bypass the teaching and the chasing of the Lord and just go through it so you can understand what God is saying and what he's doing so you'll know not to go that way. If you keep bread on delivering and getting your child out of different things and not letting them pay the price and see the consequences of what they're doing, they're going to go back because they have not learned. And this is what God is saying. Let's go back to John 10. Verse 4, it says, and when he bring out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. There's many voices. There was many gods in Egypt. That's why Moses had to defeat them all. Those things that were happening in Egypt was God was using Moses and Aaron to defeat the gods to show Pharaoh and those people that worship those gods. There was no other God like Jehovah. But the children of Israel didn't live in Egypt. They lived on the outskirts of Egypt. It says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. The children of Israel, they knew the voice of God. And they followed the leading of Moses. And right before God put them, took them out of that situation, they had to apply the blood on their door. So the death angel would pass over them. What are you doing? Are you lifting up prayer? Are you anointing your house? What are you doing? Are you getting rid of all of those things that God has told you to get rid of uh, because you love it and it looks good? But sometimes you got to let God come up personal and close and tell you what is lying in the depths of your heart. That he can purge you. Rid yourself of these things. That you don't follow strange God. Follow people that's leading you down a pathway of destruction. Being able to hear God. I stand at the door. But God wants you to go through the door. In faith and in power. And in might. Let's go home and read this. Jesus Use this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And I will go in and out and find pastors. We just read it. 
And I want to tell you something about the good shepherd. A shepherd is a person who tends and rears sheep. Guide or direct in a particular direction. The problem is you cannot guide or lead yourself. You got so many people in this hour thinking they are over the pastor. Or I'm not going to listen to what they're saying. God does not anoint and appoint anybody that he has not prepared. But people want to guide and lead themselves. You cannot lead yourself higher than where you are. That's why people continue to make the same decisions over and over again because they are being led by their own mind and their own thoughts. And I'm going to tell you something. You can read the best of the books. But if your spirit is not governed and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you got to understand something. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring all things to your memory. That means the Bible is a code and he will bring it all together. That you have revelation to come out of every situation and every obstacle in your life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about really born and baptized in it. The Holy Ghost is not going to be effective in your life because it's always being diluted down with self. And when you got self in the spirit, there's going to always be a double-mindedness. There's always going to be a split decision, a split decision, and there's going to always be a way that it seems like it's right unto a man, but their will is always going to lead to destruction. Keep leading yourself. And that's one thing about technology. It's made into a place that you feel like you're equal and above God. And you, I find that some of the most educated people are the people that make the dumbest decisions. You need help. You will always be going around in circles. And we don't understand what is happening in our lives. A lot of times God is pulling us back. Sometimes people can stop us and yank us back right before we get to our blessing in life because you're always trying to help them and do what it is. This is the hour now that you have to check everything around you. You'll be surprised. It's the closest one that's breaking you from getting to the blessing or getting to the place that you'll walk through the door because you're always carrying them on your back. In this hour, some doors are only meant for you to go through. It's not meant for you to carry other people. I don't care how much you love them. I don't care what you've done for them. But some doors are only meant for you to go through. Because you got to understand something. God pulls a person one by one through the door. Now, in the rapture, everybody goes up. But we're talking about your individual walk. You're trying to help them. And sacrificing what God is telling you to do because you're worried about them. <laughs> what in the world to think that you, your caring and loving is greater than God? You need to check your understanding. You need to check the way that you are really analyzing yourself in the things of God. How do you think that your loving and caring is above God? He gave his life for all men. And what greater love than a man to lay down his life for his friend? But we're trying to do it our way, with our knowledge and our thought pattern. It's not going to fit in the kingdom in this hour. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come 
that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Who's the thief in your life that's stealing your blessings? He says, I'm not the thief and the robber. He said, I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. A lot of times it's the people that's close up to you. A lot of times it's yourself and the way that you think that's the biggest hindrance in your life. If you can, go to Revelations 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking here at the windows of your heart. But you're going to have to be in a place that you let him come in. Go with me. Turn over. Revelations 3 and 18. I know your works. That you are what? Neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. Because you are lukewarm. We're still talking about standing at the door. He said, because I am the good shepherd. Because I know you're wishy-washy. You got to make a decision. That's what he's telling you. It comes down to a place down your life. You got to run for your life. Sometimes God will lead you through the door that, guess what, that you can pray the other ones through the door. Sometimes God does a separation in your life because he knows that you will always be in that place. So he'll allow different things in your life to happen so you can run through the door instead of you trying to work it out. You can pray it out. Because you will always be working. And you can't see sometimes that he has ceased you from your works. That he's moved you in a position of faith that you can pray it out. Pray it through. Because he knows you will still be there trying to work it and fix it. But sometimes it's killing you on the inside and your faith. Because they become a snare. They become draining to you in your life. Please check your life. I'm trying to help someone get free. I'm trying to help some people come out of where they are that you can attain the power that God has for you. Because if you do not move, your family will be lost. If you do not change positions, your ministry, your calling would not come to fruition because you are still in a state that you're stuck and you've got to make some decisions that God is trying to increase your faith, that God is trying to take you up to the next level, that God is trying to break you from some things in your life, but you're going to have to submit mind, body, soul, and spirit. 
under the power of God because God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. You can't see that because you in your way. You in your own way. That's why you're always drained or in a poverty state. He said the poor you will have always with you. Stop thinking poor is for people that don't have money. It's the poor spirit. Never come up into the truth and the knowledge of the power of the Holy Ghost. He said signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. But sometimes people will staunch your growth if you don't come out of darkness into the marvelous light. Revelations 3, 16. Because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. The problem is you cannot guide or lead yourself. But because you think your wisdom is above God, everything God is connected to. That's what is hindering a lot of the people in the church because they feel that their wisdom is above God's and they have no need of him because you have a few trinkets. He's given you a few things. He's allowed you to survive through sickness, death, terrible accidents, bad marriages, good marriages, in-between marriages, divorced, child dying. But you're never above God because of his mercies or God's grace that's operating in our lives. I stand at the door. God is saying, come to the door. He said that when you come to the door, I'm going to open it up. And I tell the gatekeeper to open it up. That you can walk through. But you need to understand this. And then we want to know why we're in this state. And have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Look at the state of the mental capacity of the church. Why is so much sadness? And somebody's got to make you call on God. Somebody's got to break the demonic forces that you bring into this church. Sunday after Sunday because you cannot let go of what you've been through before you came here. You need to prepare yourself all week long to come and fellowship with God. Because God is ready to move. But the people are bound. They're shackled because of their entanglement with the devil because you put your hands to do evil. You put your hands to choose not to obey God. And if you do not change, this is your life as it is. Israel paid the price for not obeying Jesus Christ and the Babylonian captivity and the Caesarea captivity. They never came back from the Caesarea, but the Babylonian captivity, they stayed, what, 70 years? 
How long are you going to be hawked between two opinions? And God has done everything for you. Why is it hard for you to obtain the things of God? I want to deal with some things. Some of you cannot overcome self. It says you know your weakness, but you don't work on them. So you continue to suffer with them. And a lot of times you don't understand that God has given us over, overcoming power. He's given us, he's given us his word. So you can go to John 16 and 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Because in the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Because you don't have an understanding of the word. You need to get to a place that you really sit down in fellowship with the word. You read it, but you're not in fellowship with it. Romans 12, 21 says, do not overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So whoever is oppressing you, whoever is getting you down, do the opposite of what they're doing to you. They, the Bible says he calls a fire on their heads. Instead of you trying to rav up at them and argue and strife with them. 1 John 5 and 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. I read you these scriptures. And guess what? Three of them talks about one thing. What is affecting you the most? The world and the things in it. He's telling you to overcome the world. What is in the world? You. And that's what we don't understand. We got to let go of generational sins and curses. Word curses, unforgiveness. Sexual sins, ungodly soul ties, pride, broken covenants and vows, severe abuse and trauma. First John 2 and 15. I'm going to read from the King James Version and I'm going to read from the New King Version. New King James Version. 1 John 2 and 15. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. New King James Version says, do not love the world or the things in the world. 
the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the church is in love with the world. And we're trying to be and do everything in the world. I could do a lot of things, but is God telling me? See, God can bless you to do a lot of things, but does he want you to take that blessing to do what you want to do? You can get a loan from the bank and say you're going to buy the car. And you take the money to do something else with, and they find out they're going to get you for fraud. But we take the blessing of God, and then we do what we want to do with it. So because God is blessing and moving. But everything that God blesses you with is not for you to do what you want with it. Because he knows what's down the road. You can't see past this minute. But God sees light years down the road. But a lot of times we like the prodigal son. We just squander our blessings. And these things keeps us from going through the door. I want to go to James 15 and 5. This is the amplified version. James, excuse me, James 1 and 5, excuse me. James 1 and 5, I'm reading the Amplified Version. It says, if any of you is deficiency in wisdom. And I looked up the word deficiency. Not having enough of a specific, specified quality or ingredient. I'm going to tell you something about wisdom. In your mind, when you say you let him ask for wisdom, let him ask. But there's different kinds of wisdom because there are different kinds of situations. The wisdom that God gave me for this situation might not be the wisdom he gives me for that. So I have to ask him because I'm in a new situation. So you're asking for wisdom. But you have to ask for wisdom for each situation that you're operating in or that you're facing in your life. So you need to understand something. Even when you're going through trials and tribulations, it may look like the same thing. It may even feel like the same thing. But every trial and tribulation is different. Nothing you're going to face is going to be exactly the same because the situation and environment that you're in is shifted and changed. You may go through a terrible storm with your daughter or your son in this season. Guess what? It may come up another season. But guess what? You done went through a whole other stuff. So what you're facing now is not the same because you're not the same. So I have to ask for wisdom. It didn't tell you how many times the acts did it. I want you to think about the scriptures. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the, it says, of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and who is right here without reproaching or with a fault finding. And it will be given him. And I'm reading from the King, I mean the New King James Version. 
and it says this. I want to go to verse. It says right here, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberty and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the winds. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And I want you to see this and understand this. I hope you see and learn something different. But you can go back to James 10, John 10, excuse me. And I'm agreed with verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. But he who is a, it says, red harling and not the shepherd. It says, one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and it says right here, scatters them. And I want you to see this. Go down to verse 17. It says, therefore, my father loves me. Because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment I have received from my Father. I stand at the door. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, amen.